Welcome to Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators with Jordan Donnell. This is a safe place to learn about women's health and sexual wellness. I'm your host, Jordan Donnell, physician assistant, women's sexual health educator, and intimacy coach. On today's episode, we are talking about amenorrhea and abnormal uterine bleeding. By the end of this episode, you will have a better understanding as to why some women do not have periods and why some women have inconsistent bleeding. This is the fourth episode on learning about the menstrual cycle. Before we get started, I am super excited to announce a little project I have been working on. I am now offering intimacy coaching calls. To snag your free 20-minute call to help you with your intimacy, go to intimacy.vaginasvulvasandvibrators.com. I cannot wait to connect with you. So before we really talk about abnormal bleeding, let's define what is normal bleeding. So a normal menstrual period is the about 21 to 35-day cycle with the average menses lasting five days long and on average losing less than 80 milliliters of menstrual fluid. Typically, if you have a regular cycle length, you are ovulating. If you are not ovulating, it is called anovulatory in the medical world. So let's talk about menstrual cycles that are different than normal, including not having menstrual cycles. Now, before we go any further, I want to remind you that this podcast is not medical advice. The goal of this podcast is to raise awareness of conditions affecting women, to help start conversations among women, and give them confidence to start the conversation with their medical provider. So, up first is abnormal uterine bleeding, which is bleeding other than normal, but you are still having menstrual cycles. One type of abnormal uterine bleeding is heavy periods or menorrhagia, that's the medical word, which is more than 80 milliliters of fluid per menstrual cycle. One common concern with heavy periods is anemia. Another type of abnormal uterine bleeding is polymenorrhea or menorrhagia, which is bleeding that occurs more than every 21 days. So one is having increased frequency of periods. The third type of abnormal uterine bleeding is irregular bleeding or oligomenorrhagia, which is decreased frequency of periods or periods that are more than 35 days apart. So abnormal uterine bleeding accounts for about one-third of outpatient gynecology visits and more than 70% of peri- and postmenopausal patient visits. There are a lot of different causes of abnormal uterine bleeding, Some of the common causes that I see um, would be gonorrhea, chlamydia, thyroid disorders, or and other endocrine disorders, endometriosis, and polyps. There are some medications that can cause abnormal uterine bleeding as well, which would be birth control, hormone replacement therapy, um, antipsychotics, um, phenytoin, which is a anticonvulsant anticoagulants, and even some supplements. And the supplements, I found this quite interesting, um, ginseng, ginkgo, and soy. So this is really important to make sure that you are telling your provider if you are taking supplements, because that can be contributing to things that you you wouldn't think about. And um, always make sure you tell your provider what supplements you're taking. So bleeding can also be caused by trauma, 
So sexual trauma, intercourse, form bodies. Um, you can expect that your provider will ask a lot of different questions that you may not really understand why they're relevant because there's just a lot of different things. But one of the common um, causes of abnormal uterine bleeding that I see is not taking birth control at the same time every day, especially if they're progesterone-only pills. Um, the way the birth control works, if you're not consistent with taking it, you can get some breakthrough bleeding. So that would be one of those causes for increased or that polymenorrhagia. Um, now, typically when you go see a provider, the workup would include some labs. So, you know, looking for thyroid issues, looking for other hormone imbalances, um, potentially even getting some imaging to look for polyps, fibroids, things like that. Now, one of the common things you may hear of is an endometrial biopsy or EMB. And this is something else that may be done. It is a sample. So what they do is it's kind of like a pap smear. They insert the speculum. Um, we'll talk about pap smears at a, in a later podcast that go over that more. And then they clean off the cervix and then they insert a kind of like a straw through the cervix to get a tissue sample of your endometrial lining. And then they send that off. And that will help look for any abnormal cells in there. So one really, really important thing is that if you are postmenopausal and having bleeding, you should always see your doctor. Further workup is absolutely necessary. And in medicine, we are always taught, like in school, they always said, postmenopausal bleeding is cancer until proven otherwise. So always, always, always go get that looked at. Um, abnormal uterine bleeding can cause a huge impact in somebody's life. And I have a ton of patients who are dealing with ongoing bleeding and it affects just day-to-day -day living, you know, going to work, it affects working out. Um, some ladies, you know, if it's really, really heavy, they're also having issues and concerns about going out and having breakthrough bleeding and bleeding through their clothes. Um, so it can be a significant impact on quality of life. One of the common treatments for abnormal uterine bleeding is going to be birth control or other hormonal products. Something else that is pretty interesting is ibuprofen can slow the bleeding. And that's due to that prostaglandin effect that we talked about in a prior episode. So um, I commonly recommend ibuprofen three times a day for a couple days, and that can help slow it down um, and stop it. Now, again, always talk to your provider. Um, ibuprofen is not great for everybody. Some women also choose to have hysterectomies, which uh, for those of you that are unaware, a hysterectomy is where you remove the uterus. Sometimes um, they'll also take the ovaries, sometimes they'll take the cervix, sometimes not. There are different types of hysterectomies, but um, that is one option for some ladies who are having bleeding that is causing significant impact. Now, there are some theories out there that changing your diet can improve your bleeding as well. Um, one key tip that I have learned about is avoiding soy products and avoiding high starchy foods. So... If that's something that you're more interested in looking at more of a diet approach, 
um, the In the Flow book actually has a lot of good information about that too. But uh, take a look at your diet. I know it's not for everybody. Not everybody wants to make diet changes, but there are some really good things that are worth trying. And if it helps, it helps. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But um, as far as non-medication options, that is one great thing that you can try. Now, when it comes to amenorrhea or the absence of periods, there are two types of amenorrhea. There is primary amenorrhea and secondary amenorrhea. And Primary amenorrhea is when you do not start having periods by the age of 15 with sex characteristics or you do not start having periods by the age of 13 without sex characteristics. And sex characteristics are going to be um, the development of breasts and pubic hair in women. Now, about 0.3% of the population is affected by primary amenorrhea and this can be related to a variety of things such as endocrine disorders or genetic and anatomical defects. So, you know, if you have a child um, or uh, know somebody who's not starting their period um, after, you know, the age of 13, 15, make sure you get them scheduled with their pediatrician or gynecology um, to have that further evaluated. Now, when it comes to secondary amenorrhea, that is the absence of a period or menses for three months in someone who was previously menstruating normally, so who normally had a monthly period. Or it can also be in somebody who hasn't had a period for six months if they were having previous irregular menstrual bleeding. Now, secondary amenorrhea affects about 1-3% to of the population, and some causes for this would be pregnancy. You always got to rule out pregnancy first when it comes to amenorrhea. And usually they're going to check that for any type of bleeding condition. Um, You also are looking for PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. That can be a common reason why somebody is having amenorrhea. Um, And we're going to have a whole podcast all about PCOS as well. Something else that can be playing a factor is elevated prolactin, thyroid issues, um, ovarian insufficiency, And even, I thought this was so interesting, celiac disease can affect uh, secondary amenorrhea. Now, something you guys might have heard of is the female athlete triad. And that is commonly seen with restrictive eating, amenorrhea, and osteoporosis. Your, um, you know, your young teen athletes a lot of times, or just athletes in general, you may see some amenorrhea because of the restricted eating Um, and decreased body fat a lot of times. There are also some medications that can affect uh, amenorrhea, which would be your birth controls, your antipsychotics, opiates, cocaine, and uh, SSRIs, so that selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. We talked about those on one of our first podcasts, and that is an antidepressant or anti-anxiety medication. Now, something that I thought was pretty interesting as well is you commonly see infertility and osteopenia or low bone density in women with amenorrhea. So make sure, you know, if you're having symptoms, you're not having a period, you follow up with your provider so you can talk about what's going on. There are some clues that help your provider identify the cause of your amenorrhea. So one thing that we're probably going to ask about is, are you having galactorrhea, which is milk production, um, 
you know, when you're not uh, breastfeeding, hot flashes, abdominal pain, uh, heat or cold intolerances, palpitations, excess hair growth, uh, difficulty with weight loss, weight gain, um, you know, your provider is probably going to take a look at your thyroid, your prolactin, and other hormones to help identify what is the source of your amenorrhea. Now, amenorrhea is a little bit different in that treatment is targeted at the source or the cause of the problem. So depending on what's going on, you know, they will look at treating that. So if it's elevated, elevated prolactin, treat the prolactin. If it's high thyroid, low thyroid, treat the thyroid. You know, polycystic ovarian syndrome, that, you know, we'll talk about that more when we get to that. It just, it's all targeted at the cause. So at the end of the day, if you're not having periods or having irregular bleeding, make sure to reach out to your provider to talk about what's going on in your case. I know that many women wait years before dealing with this, and I think it's important not to delay getting treatment because your quality of life can really be affected. And um, if you don't speak up, providers are not going to be able to read your mind. So I encourage you to speak up, let your provider know what's going on. If they can't help you, they can get you to somebody who can. So hopefully this podcast gave you some good ideas as to maybe what's going on with your bleeding. This podcast is sponsored by Pure Romance by Jordan Jones, offering top bath and beauty products and relationship enhancement items. Check out the link in the bio to start shopping today. Thank you for joining today and continuing to bring awareness to women's health. If you love the show, please subscribe so you never miss another episode and leave a review for others to see. If you want to see me on the daily, you can check out my bio for links to all my pages. Be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Thanks again and see you next episode.